today I want to introduce to you the code. And uh, some of you, uh, as I've heard feedback coming into this Sunday and into our kind of big birthday celebration, you guys have been asking, what in the world is the code, right? And today I want to introduce to you uh, this idea of the code. Uh, and, and the code is really these codes to live by. Uh, so what I'm going to be talking to you about today is kind of my heart and my vision of the kind of church that God is calling us to be. Uh, if this is your first time at Emmaus Road, we are thrilled to have you. Uh, we are so excited that you've joined us. Uh, we're not, I'm not going to be giving a, a, a regular sermon. We'll look at some scripture here and there. Uh, but I don't want you to leave today and say, you know, he didn't read any scripture out loud. He didn't do this. I promise you, this is a Bible-believing church. Talk to anybody that's been here. Uh, we don't just do uh, kind of, a, 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 we don't do talks I give sermons, right? <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, and, and so we are we are very Bible focused, and uh, but today's going to be a little bit different. As I just kind of share my heart about the kind of church that I want that I feel like God is calling us to be, and uh, so in many ways today is going to be really descriptive. But the, the question immediately comes up: You know, the church has a mission, right? Present Christ as Savior, pursue Christ as King, partner with Christ in service. I won't give you my whole spiel about that because it's pretty long. Uh, but you guys know that we've we've tr- we've done our very best to align our ministry according to the mission. But we also have core values, and then today we're adding the code, right? And it seems all very busy. And how in the world are all of these things uh, going to fit together to help move and drive our ministry forward? And and I want to start there just by giving you an idea of how all of this is going to work out and how are they going to begin working together okay so we have a mission and uh the mission the best way to describe it is um the mission is really the compass right the mission our our mission this present pursue and partner is is what tells us what direction we're going. In other words, we don't do anything in this church that won't help us to fulfill our mission of present, pursue, and partner. We, that we, there are lots of good ideas that come up, but if we, we hold all those good ideas sort of accountable or, or up to the mission. And so the mission is the compass that tells us what direction as a church that we're going to go. And then the code, then, is the map. The code is the map of of how are we going to get there? What kinds of things are are we going to be about as we move in this direction? And then our core values are the survival kit. Because our core values are things like authentic community. Uh, One of our core values is that prayer is a first response, not a last resort. Right, So if we are going on a mission and we have a direction and we have a map, what we're going to need to survive in the ministry of the, in, in this world is we're going to need prayer. We're going to need authentic community. We're going to have to proclaim that God's word is relevant to all people at all time and in all places. Right, So we have all these core values that kind of serve as the survival kit of we won't be able to do it without those things. These core values on our journey. Okay, So the mission is is the compass, the code is the map, and the core values are the survival kit. 
Now, and you could just have all three of these that just sort of exist in one space. But if they don't, if they're not really interacting, you're not going to really get anywhere. Uh, if the mission isn't really driving the ministry of the church, then what you're going to end up with is a mission statement that sits in your bulletin every week, but doesn't really become part of the DNA of the church, right? So, a lot of, so we could just add one more thing, right? And all of a sudden we have a compass and we have a survival kit, and now we're just adding the map. And they could just kind of exist in the same space, but not really interact. Uh, in which case, you will never get to where you're going. But what we're going to do today is I, wanna, I hope to align all of these things. So that when all of these things are aligned, you can really begin to get somewhere. You have a map, but in that map you have a compass uh, that tells you where to go. And then on the journey, you have a survival kit. Are you with me? I, so, I, now, I, I need you guys to be interactive. See, I can't just, I just can't have you shaking your head. I want you, I want to hear like some amens or some yeahs, you know? So are you with me? Yeah. yeah. All right. So we've got to have all of these key pieces in place in order to really drive the ministry forward, in order to really begin to align all of the aspects of our ministry and move them in a singular direction. So all of these things have to be working together. Okay. So, with that sort of foundation of knowing this is how the code is going to fit in our ministry, uh, then I want to begin to introduce to you the code. These are six things that I feel like are critically important and reveal to us the kind of church that God is calling us to be. And the first code is this. We are going to establish a culture of honor in this church. Uh, now, a couple weeks ago, I was sick. The week after that, I was, I was out of town. And so in that two-week period, I showed uh, some video messages uh, that, are, that were called honorology. And I want to tell you today that that wasn't just because I thought that those were good messages. It's because we at this church are going to and are currently striving to do all that we can to create a culture of honor. Because dishonor has become so prevalent in our culture. It is time to bring back honor in our schools, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, and certainly in the church, right? Many of you have had church experiences where there was so much dishonor taking place. There was gossip going on. There was stabbing each other's backs, behind backs, all this kind of stuff. And I just want to say that at this church, we are going to do our very, very best to establish a culture of honor where we're honoring those who are below us, beside us, and above us, where we're honoring leadership, where we're honoring servants and volunteers, where we're honoring each other. Because what we learn from scripture is that to honor goes in three directions. Three directions. First, we are supposed to honor God. And we find that over and over and over in Scripture. That our lives are to be an act of worship given over to God. Our lives are to be honoring to God. And so, just let me just give you one example. Psalm 22, verse 23, he says, You who fear the Lord, praise Him. And all you descendants of Jacob, honor Him. Revere Him, all you descendants of Israel. We are called over and over and over in Scripture that our honor is to be placed on God, moving towards God. But guess what? There's something else in Scripture that I don't think we often realize, and that is that God shows and displays honor 
to us. We don't often hear about that. So much of our time is spent in in, in trying to align our lives to, to give honor to God, and that's good, but we can't forget that God has already given to us honor. Hebrews says that God has made us just a little bit lower than the angels. Psalm 84 verse 11 says the Lord bestows favor and he bestows honor and no good thing does he withhold from those who walk according to his ways. Or some translations say those who walk, whose walk is blameless. The Lord bestows favor. The Lord bestows honor. But guess what? Scripture doesn't stop there either. It doesn't stop with just our lives honoring God and then God giving us honor as well. Scripture says that there ought to also be honor among each other. That you and I, as we are in community in the body of Christ, ought to be displaying and showing honor to one another, even in the times when we are not worthy to receive it. Right? And that's one thing that Pastor Stephen Furtick on the video talked about, is that we give honor even when that person is not honorable. So it's time, the day and the time for honor has come. It is time to display honor uh, to one another. Romans 12, verse 10 says, Be devoted to one another in love and honor one another above yourselves. So in Scripture, we get this idea of honoring those above us, us honoring God, honoring those below us, God honoring us, and then uh, honoring those beside us, us, all of us honoring one another. Now, we couldn't have a birthday party and talk about honor without taking a few moments to honor one another, right? And so I want to I honor some of you uh, for, for your role in, in what you uh, do here. Let me first give us a description of, of what that culture of honor looks like. Is that we will take every opportunity to honor those around us. And here, Sunday morning, is an opportunity. I want to first um, honor our volunteers, Right? We have so many of you give time during the week on Sunday morning, uh, at different times during the week. You lead a life group. Many of you clean the church in addition to leading a life group. So you have these, these kind of big roles in the church of leading a life group or leading a ministry. And then sort of invisibly throughout the week, you coordinate with two or three other people and you clean the toilets of the church. Let me say to you and give you honor for doing that, for giving up your time and for bending down to clean a toilet that no one will ever notice because when a cleaning job, when a cleaning team does their job, every, no one will notice. The only time that you hear complaints about the cleaning is when it's dirty, right? And so many of you for, for, for months and years have been cleaning, giving of your time, mentoring other people. There is an endless list of the ways that this church is empowered through volunteers. And so I want to say thank you to you. And let me say to you that you are not just a volunteer. You are a critical piece of the ministry of this church because this ministry could not operate Without you, without your time of service and volunteering, we simply could not make it. I can't do everything. Zach can't do everything. Our lead volunteers can't do everything. It takes all of us combining together to move for the kingdom of God, that that his, his glory might be displayed, that ministry might be done in this city and in this world. So for those of you who are volunteering, let me say a gigantic Thank you for all the time 
and the effort that you give. In fact, we've done, today, we, um, if you guys have been to the Welcome Center, you may have seen what we're calling the Wall of Honor. And in the Welcome Center are, are gigantic post-it notes, sticky notes, quite literally. They are really giant post-it notes. And on those, we've listed many of the volunteers. All of you are not listed. So, so please, if you're not listed this morning, don't take it personally. We just tried to think about all the volunteers that we could. It's as comprehensive as possible, but there's no way we could name everyone that is, is helping to drive the ministry of this church. So here's what I want to do. We're not just displaying their names so that we might know who they are and honor them, but all of you, beside every sticky note, is a marker. And I want you to give the oppor- or take the opportunity to honor them by writing something, a word of appreciation to those volunteers. And just take the time while you're here doing the potluck. We're going to keep it up for the next several weeks. So maybe next week, just write a message of honor and appreciation to all of our volunteers and what they do. Would you do that for me as, so that we can honor one another through the wall of honor? Are you with me, right? <laughs> okay. Now, the second thing that we have to understand is that not only are our volunteers critical uh, to the ministry of this church, but all of you are critical to the ministry of this church, right? I mean, we wouldn't have church if all of you didn't keep showing up every Sunday. And we love it that you do, right? And this church would not have grown 80% year to year from this year, from, uh, from a year ago. We've grown 80% in one year. That's unheard of in a church and it simply would not happen without all of you inviting your friends without all of you being excited about what God is doing in this church and so I want to take a few moments to honor all of you through randomly placed gift cards if you'll look under your seat six of you have a gift card to a local coffee shop and that's just our way of saying we love you And we honor you, and we want to feed you coffee, okay? Go ahead. Everybody check under your seat. There should be six of them throughout, all right? Now, if if it's right in between you, feel free to uh, beat up your neighbor to get it. I'm just kidding. Don't beat up your neighbor, okay? Hold it up when you find it. Hold it up so we can count them. One, two. There should be, all right, three, okay. One, two. There should be another one on this side. Should be another one on this side. We have not excluded the chairs on the side. I'm just saying. Come on, guys. Come on. Come on. Help me out. Uh, 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 okay. All right. Well, keep looking. Keep looking. It's there. It's like an early Easter egg hunt, right? This is just a fun and simple way for us to say thank you for all that you guys do. This church would not be experiencing the move of God that it is without you, without every single one of you, bringing your excitement, your enthusiasm for what God is doing and inviting your friends. Let me say, as your leader, a heartfelt thank you for what you do. We want to create a culture of honor. And if I take that much time on all six of these, we're going to be here a very long time, all right? So I'm going to try to move through these a little bit faster. Uh, You guys, yes. Yeah. There's one more before we leave this one. Okay. We also need to honor our pastors. <laughs> we wouldn't be a church without a leader. And God's given us a good one. Work hard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. It is an honor. 
to be your pastor and your leader. Now, the second thing, that, uh, the second code for us this morning is uh, we want to dress for the wedding. Now, some of you are like, what does that mean, right? We want to dress for the wedding. Let me point your attention over here. This is, uh, this is Amy's dress. Uh, is it not gorgeous? Isn't that a gorgeous dress? I promise you it looks much better on her than it does our lady here this morning. <laughs> This is Amy's dress. We've been married almost 10 years. It'll be 10 years in December. But by point of illustration, I want you to imagine this with me. Now, ladies, some of you are going to faint at the very thought of this. So I know this is not realistic. Just hang with me for the point of illustration, right? Let's say that on our wedding day, almost 10 years ago, Amy is on her way to the church fully dressed as a bride, right? I know, I know. That, That never happens, right? But hang with me. On the way, she realizes that the car that she's driving has hit empty. And so she has to stop for gas. And so she gets out of the car. Her hair is up. Her makeup is on. Her dress is flowing. And here she is at a gas station. Now, clearly, when she starts pumping gas, people are starting to wonder, what in the world is this lady doing? She's a bit overdressed, for the occasion, right? Here she is in a wedding dress, dressed as a bride to fill up her gas tank, right? And people are starting to feel really awkward. And then she feels compelled to tell the people that are staring at her, I'm on my way to a wedding. In other words, this is not where, this was not my destination. This is, I'm just stopping through as I'm on my way to the wedding. And I want to tell you today that as a church, we want to dress For the wedding, we want all of our ministries to not be dressed according to where we're at now, but according to where we're going. Because what will happen, in other words, we structure our church not for where we're going, not for where we're at now. Now, I want to give you another illustration. When Amy and I were first dating, she... Uh, told me we were talking about you know this special date, and I had made all these plans to uh, to take her to Lawrence, Kansas, the home of Kansas University. Um, boo on VCU, VC who? Right? No, sorry. Some of you will get that. Some of you don't care. Um, but um, so so we're on our way. We're going to Lawrence from Olathe, Kansas, and I had asked Amy previously, "What is your favorite restaurant in the world?" And she said to me, "Runza." Runza. Some of you are like, really, Runza? (laughs) Now, her tastes have matured since then, right? But she grew up in Nebraska. There were Runzas all over the place, right? And I had never heard of Runza. And so I come to this date fully prepared to drop about 100 bucks at Runza. Okay, because I, I had no idea what Runza was. And I'm like, this must be a fancy place, you know. And the only one in the area, in the whole Kansas City metro, was outside the metro in Lawrence, Kansas. So we went on a date, and, and we were dressed to the nines. I mean, she's got a skirt on. I, I'm, um, you know, dressed up real nice. And, and then I, all I have is MapQuest directions. And uh, so I'm, we drive there. And, and all of a sudden, I, I'm figuring out that this is like fast food lane that we're driving up to. And I see the big green sign. Uh, really taller than all the rest that says, Runza. And I thought, I'm going to have a lot of extra cash at the end of this deal, right? (laughs) But we go into Runza, and we're dressed to the nines, and then we go and we order by number. (laughs) Have you ever felt a little bit overdressed 
right? A little overdressed for the occasion. We want to overdress this church because where we're at now is not where we're always going to be. And so we want to structure all of our ministries for where we're going, not where we are right now. Now, some of you, um, some of you are, are, are here um, because you really like the, the look and the feel of a small church. And let me just say to you today, we will not be a small church for very much longer. We're on our way to a mid-sized church. And we're on our way to a larger church. But let me also tell you that we're not on our way to a mega church. It's not in the heart of this church to, to try to be the next biggest church in town or have the biggest building. The, the heart and the goal of this church is to become a mid-sized church, become a large church, and then start planting churches, right? So if you're here because you like the 130-ish, let me just say to you, it's time to prepare, not for where we are now, but for where we're going. And the, here's, the, here's the deal. When we do this, when every aspect of our church and every ministry of our church is wrapped in a wedding dress, it's offensive to some people. Amy's filling up with gas in her wedding dress, and people are like, pfft. Man, that lady has lost it, right? And some of you will look at the ministries and our commitment to excellence. You'll say, you know what? For a church of 130, that's a bit extreme, isn't it? Or, or you'll say, man, man, for a church this size, that just doesn't seem necessary. And let me tell you today, I know. I know. Because we're not dressed for where we are. We're dressed for where we're going. Because guess what? If you dress for where you are now, you'll never get to where you're going. Or if you do, they'll kick you out. Right? Some of these golf courses have a, have a um, real nice uh, dress code. Right? If you dress in your PJs to go golfing at those nice golf courses, they'll kick you out. You've got to dress for where you're going. And we're dressed for the wedding. We try to wrap every single ministry structure, not for where we are today, but for where we are going. Does that make sense? The second code is we want to dress for the wedding. Now, I want to take an opportunity to say that probably the area where this is the clearest is in our e-kids area. Because uh, as we prepare for where God is leading e-kids, we are absolutely committed to the safety of our kids, uh, to establishing a ministry structure for e-kids that is far beyond what a church of 130 should have. Now, we're not there yet, but that's where we're going. That's what we're dressing for. And some of you will say, that's completely unnecessary. Why would we do that? Because here's here's what, if we were dressed for where we are, we would take anyone that is breathing to be an e-kids volunteer, right? Because most churches at 130, it's like, are you breathing and alive? Come help the kids, right? But at this church, what we say is, are you breathing? Are you alive? Are you willing? Now let's train you. And we train all of our volunteers. We equip all of our volunteers. We background check them. Not just anyone can help. We have a whole process set up in place so that we can do 
excellent kids ministry. And it will seem out of place, right? When you're at a gas station wearing a wedding gown, it seems out of place. When you're dressed to the nines in Runza, you look around and you're like, I don't fit here. And it will feel awkward at first, but it's we're dressed for where we're going. I have beat that one to death. You understand what I'm talking about. All right. This, uh, this leads right into the code number three. The third code is, we're a steak dinner, not a buffet. We're a steak dinner, not a buffet. Let me, say, let me, let me tell you what I mean by that. We are singularly focused on our God-given mission, and there are a lot of things that we don't and won't do because simplicity enables excellence. Now, how many of you have been to a buffet? Golden Corral, Country Buffet. You guys know what I'm talking about? So you get up to the buffet, and you uh, decide that uh, you, you start with the salad. And uh, the salad is just a bit wilted and brown, right? You've been there? Come on now. <laughs> Don't leave me out hanging here, hanging all by myself. You go to the buffet. If any of you own a buffet, I want you to know this is not personal. <laughs> You go to the buffet, you start out the salad, it's a bit wilted, you move to the hot dishes, and there in front of you is pizza, enchiladas, a piece of, of steak to go along with everything else, chicken fingers, mashed potatoes, and gravy. And you're like, a piece of pizza and mashed potatoes and gravy. And the gravy, you got, come on, somebody help me out here, the gravy has that film on top of it. <laughs> like it hasn't been stirred in a while. And you like got to break through the the crust, right? And you got to stir it around. And you're like, and you dip it out and it kind of globs down rather than pours. Come on now. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? So that gravy, and it's like, here, here's the deal with a buffet. It's not bad. I mean, you can find something to get fed, but nothing is really excellent. And your meal seems really disjointed. And things just don't go together. I mean, you have the wilted lettuce, mashed potatoes and gravy, and an enchilada. And your stomach kind of goes, you know? And you leave, and you're full, but you're kind of sick. Yeah? You guys know what I'm talking about? Here's my, here's my deal. I think churches have a tendency to be like that. Because sometimes you come across the gravy ministry, and it's there, but it hasn't been stirred for a little while. Right? And, and, and then over at the end is the pizza that's under the lamp. That's the youth ministry. Um, it, it's over there. It's under the lamp. But there haven't been any new slices in a while. You guys know what I'm talking about. And, and, and each piece of the buffet seems to be doing its own thing, right? The pizza is just like over here hanging out, getting cold under the lamp, saying, I'm good. I'm good. I promise I'm good, you know. Everything is just... There's no real unity. But then you compare that to a steakhouse or a steak dinner. And the menu is small. But you know that everything on the menu is to die for, right? And you're like, this time, should I get the T-bone or the top sirloin? Because I know they're both good. Yeah? Yeah? And so you, you, you realize that we're not a buffet, but we're a steak dinner. Because the steak comes out and it's sizzling and it's perfectly, perfectly cooked. And it comes well balanced with some greens and a starch. And you're like, 
Oh, man. And in a really fancy steakhouse, you don't leave too full. You leave wanting more. Because the fancier the restaurant, the smaller the meal. (laughs) I've been to some fancy restaurants, and I'm like, where's the rest of it? (laughs) Right? But I think that's really good. Because you don't leave feeling really stuffed but kind of sick. You leave wanting more. I want Emmaus Road to be like that. Not where we have so much stuff going on that nothing is really done with excellence and people leave and they say, yeah, I got fed, but oh. I want to to serve up everything. I want to serve up the gospel. I want to present and pursue and partner in a way that comes out sizzling and hot and leaves you wanting more. Because I think that's the best way of being singularly focused on the mission that God has given us, fiercely committed to our mission. Let me say it this way. We aren't Country Buffet. We're Sonny Lubick's. Yeah, you guys have been there. Now I want to clear up something that has to do with this that uh, is probably the question that I get most often in regards to the ministry of our church. Uh, Is this fun? I'm having fun. I hope you guys are having fun. This is just me sharing my heart. Uh, But I, I I get this question more than anything else. And that is, where are what I... The, uh, <laughs> the fourth code is we're going to have a dance party. And we're just, we're just prepping you for the beat. Okay? So we're going to be a dance in church. <laughs> yeah. You guys let me know if I need to switch mics, okay? Um, so, so here's the question I get most often. Where are what I like to call the niche ministries? Where's the men's ministry, the, the women's, uh, the singles, the seniors? Where are all these kinds of, uh, of ministries? And, and what I want to say to you is that based on this code, where, where a steak dinner, not a buffet, is, is I've made a commitment to not establish standalone niche ministries. Because here's what I see happening in churches, and, and lots of churches are called the niche ministry, Lots of churches do great ministry to to really kind of niche groups, but I don't feel like that's what we're called to do. Because what often I see in churches is that from the pulpit, the pastor says, go and reach your neighbors, talk to your coworkers about Christ. But the bulletin fights against everything that the pastor just said, because on the the bulletin says that Monday night we do this, Tuesday night we go to prayer meeting, Wednesday night is caravans and and all the kids stuff and all the, the Bible study, then Thursday night is game night, Friday night is hanging out with your friends. And the bulletin and the church steals and sucks the time away from our lives. And so what I want to say is, yes, ministry to particular areas of demographics are valuable. I'm not trying to rob men and women of the opportunity to study the Bible together. But what we've done is we've built that under the, the umbrella of our life groups so that men, if women want to get together and study the word, they, they start a life group and then they meet for a semester. If at the end of the semester it's going great, then they just keep going for as long as it's going great. But there's also a natural ending point to it because what happens is when you have a standalone ministry can you tell i care about this when you have a standalone ministry and a whole ministry leader then that ministry is sucking leadership resources it's sucking financial resources out of the church and the 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 leader almost always leads to burnout 
because there's this false pressure to keep the calendar full. If I'm the women's ministry leader, I've got to keep that women's ministry calendar full and keep women coming to my thing because I don't want to be a dead ministry. What we're saying is let's build that under a larger structure so that we have the time to build relationships with those who don't know Christ. We have time to reach out to our neighbors. And then for seasons, we can join these to to, to boost our faith. Men studying men's issues, uh, seniors getting together, a stage of life, college students doing all these kinds of things. But let me tell you and just be as upfront as I can about it. If you are waiting for a ministry to emerge with your particular name on it, it isn't going to happen. What we're doing here is we're aligning everything according to our mission. Because a ministry that is going everywhere is not as effective for the kingdom of God in fulfilling its mission as a ministry that is well aligned. Now some of you are going to be like, I'm going to go to another church next week if that's the case. Let me just encourage you to give it a try. Don't bail on us right away. Just give it a try to live in these short bursts of, of, of niche ministry when you need it, when, when your life, uh, life stage is appropriate, uh, but then integrate into the overall life of the church. Does that make sense? Uh, some of you are offended and don't like that. Uh, that's okay. Let me, let, me do, let, me, let me give you one more example. When uh, Amy and I were in, um, we, we vacationed last summer in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Okay, you guys have been there? Puerto Vallarta, I feel like I'm pretty good at saying that. And we stayed at an all-inclusive resort called the Rio Julisco. Yeah, Rio Julisco. And uh, at, at the Julisco, we, um, <laughs> when we were at the Julisco, there was a buffet for lunch. And you could go to all these places. And I'm telling you, we were all excited about the food until we ate it. Because we're there and like the, the, I mean, the hamburgers are undercooked. And then the one next to that is burnt. The fries are cold and moldy. And, <laughs> but then in the evening, you had the opportunity to sign up to a, uh, a very narrowed meal. And it was like Asian night or steak dinner. And you had to sign up. And when you went there, the menu was small, and the food was incredible, right? The more things that you try to do with your resources, the less effective they'll be. The fewer things you do and align them according to your mission, the more effective things will be. Some of you are on board with me, but this, the, the principle is this. Simplicity enables excellence. And so we want to do everything to the highest level of excellence possible. Okay. The fourth code, and that's our steak dinner here, by the way. You guys saw this? Hopefully the front row got a little bit of whiff of fresh steak and made you guys hungry, okay? Um, the fourth code is, is no mining. Um, I have some trail mix here. It has nuts, raisins, and M&Ms. If you guys are anything like me, I have a tendency to mine out of trail mix. And uh, if I look at this bag of peanuts and raisins and M&Ms, you know what I'm going for, right? I'm like, this one, <laughs> and this one, right? I'm mining. Here's what some people do. Some people, this is the word of God, and they mine out what they want or what they like. And our conviction at this church is that the whole counsel of Scripture is God-inspired. 
And so we'll talk about it all, even the hard parts. I think a couple summers ago, we did a whole series called Little Books. You know those little books in the Old Testament that are like one page? I had to preach from those. And on those days, I bet all of you were glad you didn't have my job. But the, I, the whole motivation behind that series was, if that little book is in Scripture, it's inspired and it can speak to our lives. We don't mind. We, can, we watch over the whole counsel of Scripture. Okay. That was a short one. I'm doing all right. And I enjoyed the M&Ms. <clears throat> Number five, I love this one. All right, so we believe all Scripture is inspired. We're going to talk about the hard parts. Here's the, here's the next one. We're, we're not a catering service. We're a distribution center. And again, if you guys are visiting, this gives, gives you an idea of what, what kind of church we're setting out to be. Here's the idea. We will not cater to personal preferences. We will seek to be effective for the kingdom of God. Because a catering service, if you go to a catering service and they're going to cater your event, you go in and you begin to shop around and they're trying to satisfy everybody. And the job of a catering service is to make sure that everybody is happy. And it kind of allows everybody to shop for what they want and then they give them what they prefer. That's what a catering service does. A lot of people... Um, think that church ought to be like a catering service where people come in and they shop and they, they, they just kind of shop around. Oh, do I like this? Do I not like this? Oh, this isn't how I like it. And so I'm going to move on uh, or, or I'm going to ask them to do what I prefer and all these kinds of things. That's a catering service. But I want to say today that we're not a catering service. We're a distribution center because a distribution center sends things out to where the people are. And if you go to a distribution center, there isn't anybody shopping. The only workers, the only people in there are workers seeking to send out to things and, and to where the people are. Now, this is not a Home Depot commercial, but that's a, the, the box is to symbolize a distribution center. And that's us. The church is not a catering service. We're not here to, to, to do what you prefer. We're not here to make you happy. We're here to proclaim the kingdom of God. Amen. And, and what I want is to see all of us begin to align our gifts so that we can send the gospel out into the, in this community, in the world, so that we can send you all out into your workplaces and, and begin to be a light for the gospel of the kingdom of God. Because we're, we're not a catering service. The mission of this church is not for sale. And the mission of this church is not up to what you prefer. Now, we hope that you will prefer and will like the ministry. I'm not saying you ought to hate the ministry here and go to work. But what I'm saying is, if we can all align under the, under the vision that God has given us and then seek to send out the gospel, we will be far more effective than if, if we come in, we're always worried about if everyone here is happy and having their preferences met. Does that make sense? Many of you, I think, have been part of churches that the mindset was, let's keep everyone that's already here happy. And by doing that, missed out on the opportunity of bringing lots of people into the church. So we send you out. We empower you. See, my job... My job is not to make sure that all of your preferences about church are aligned. My job is to empower you and equip you for ministry to go out into the world and proclaim the kingdom of God. So we're not a catering service. We're a distribution center. 
My job is to provide a place for you to serve and a place for you to connect with other people so that you're built up in your faith. Please do not misunderstand me when I make these bold statements about uh, aligning our mission to uh, aligning our ministry according to our mission and these kinds of things. Just hear my heart. My heart is God has given us a mission and a vision and we want to align everything with that. So we're not a catering service. We're a distribution, sir. distribution center. The last one, six codes to live by, is that you will be raised up. And when I talk about you, I, I do mean you. Every leader in this church is seeking to raise up other leaders to reach their God-given potential. And for that, we have a ladder over here on the stage, quite unsightly, uh, but hopefully good for purposes of illustration. It is our heart and our belief, first of all, it's our belief that each one of you has incredible potential for the kingdom of God. And in, in believing that, it is our heart to see that potential realized in you. So that we try to encourage every single leader, whether they're on staff or in charge of a, a ministry or lead volunteer, whatever it looks like, we ask all of our leaders to begin building up leaders underneath them because it is our heart to have the full potential of your life realized in ministry for the kingdom of God, whether that's here or elsewhere. We would gladly raise you up to send you out. That's precisely what a distribution center does, right? And so I want you to know that as your life holds incredible potential, you will be raised up so that he can be raised up. Does that make sense? In other words, as you begin to live out your God-given potential and as you begin to align your life with the calling that God has, you will be more effective for the kingdom of God. And as a result, he will be raised up and given honor and glory. And so what I want to say to you today is that part of the code of this church is that you will be raised up so that he can be raised up. Because every one of you has potential. Let me give you an example of my own life. When I was in seminary, I attended a church, I attended a church of about 2,500 people. And uh, I went to the executive pastor, uh, the, the business guy, and I said, Hey, I'm a seminary student, and I want to hone my gift and my skills for ministry uh, just by getting as much platform time as possible so I can get used to speaking in front of people. I said, Would you allow me to do the announcements? And he said, I don't know about that, he said. Because if I let you do the announcements, then pretty soon I'm going to have a whole line of people that will want to do the announcements. And I thought, really? You're going to have a whole line of people that want to do the announcements? If I do it? Let me tell you. If you have a heart for ministry and you're called to ministry, please tell us. Because we're going to do everything that we can to help you hone those skills to be effective for the kingdom of God. Because I have a heart as a young leader to raise up other young leaders. Because I believe that my generation and the generation coming behind me can absolutely change the world if we are properly equipped for the kingdom of God. And so I don't care how big we get and, or how small we are or how small we were. You will be raised up so that he will be raised up. So tell me, 
Man, if there's anybody here and you feel in your heart God is calling you to ministry, if you feel in your heart that, that God is, is, is calling you to do something, then you let us know and we'll do all that we can to help you, to help you f- see that gift realized and raise you up as a leader. And that may look differently. I'm not telling you that you can preach on a Sunday morning, although that's possible. Right? But I'm saying let's explore it together and let's have a commitment to raise you up so that he will be raised up through your life and through your God-given potential. Well, that's the code. We're going to create a culture of honor. We're going to dress for the wedding. We're a steak dinner, not a buffet. There's no mining. We're a distribution center, not a catering service. And you will be raised up so that he will be raised up. This is the kind of church that I believe God is calling us to be. 